Welcome to My Leap of Faith podcast. I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling to discovering myself through the help of healers, crystals, psychedelics, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. I'm continuing to let go and leap every day to find deeper clarity into my own gifts and what my soul's purpose is in this lifetime, and I want to bring you along for the ride. She told me as I woke from walking asleep Below it at night she saw your feet A heavier feet stand deeper Deeper than you know Farther than you go this wild mother Hi everyone, welcome back I am going to talk today about the dark night of the soul And the many forms that it takes Um I used to believe that this is something that you go through when you're about to go through your awakening. And I still believe that because that's what happened for me. And it was about a four or five year period where my whole life started crumbling down. And it wasn't just around the main trigger point was infertility. But it was almost like I had built up a platform that I believed my life was based on around children and having my own family. So when I say that, I mean, like, I had thought that even though I had met a great partner, it wasn't going to be complete until we had a family. And I know that's like a condition that we all probably carry. But mine went so far as to, like, I, w- I remember looking at Richard and thinking, oh, when when we have a family, when we have kids, he'll want to hang out and do things. Like, we can, for example, he's he grew up in Europe, and they don't celebrate Halloween. So I, I had this fantasy that when we had kids, we would be decorating and going trick-or-treating together and enjoy that holiday because that's to me was a part of what children brought to uh, a coexistence right and instead of like living in what we actually were I was like holding this facade or this dream of what I had hoped would happen once we had children and there were many areas like this that I had kind of conjured up in my mind. For example, you guys know I'm always have been super introverted. Well, part of me thought like if we have children, I'll be forced to be out, you know, being more social. And I have this kind of dualistic nature to myself that wants to and has this idea of, oh, it would be great to have a lot of friends. And something to get me out of my comfort zone. And so I use this idea of children or a family as part of that crutch as well. Like, oh, when I have kids, I will be this kind of person. And so I had constructed this whole reality. And even though Richard came into my life and that kind of made it possible, I would say this whole construct of this building up of ideas of who I could be one day started when I was very young. I mean, 
I always, you know, I didn't in, like the fact that I was introverted and I didn't like that I um, was very protective of myself and that I couldn't put myself out there like a lot of people can. And I had always imagined that because I love children, that that would have been the catalyst that would get me past those fears. So when I say like <laughs> that this was my dark night of not being able to have them, it was on so many different layers. It wasn't just that I wanted a family. I had put so much hopes and dreams into this idea and what it would then change me into that, you know, the, when it started crumbling, and this is where I say the dark night started. However, I wasn't spiritual back then and did not understand that, right? So for me, it felt like I wanted to fight it in every way I possibly could. Because again, we're conditioned to believe that if something's not going your way, you can make it go your way. So that meant that when we weren't getting pregnant naturally, you know, the first step was to, to see a fertility specialist and do the bare minimum. And then it, it just kind of kept escalating, right? And all the while, as these as these like more natural ways of conceiving kind of fell to the wayside, it kind of re-strengthened my drive to push it forward. And therefore, something that I personally never felt comfortable with, which would be IBF, became something that I was like, well, that's just the next step on the ladder to me getting what is going to make me feel okay in this life. And all of that, even, okay, so even letting go of all of the feelings that I had about if it's meant to be, it will be, because I carried that my whole life. But I, when you're actually faced with this is not going to happen, then you change, in my case, I changed what I had thought I would go to, like what level I thought I would go to. And I remember like that probably was a lot of the darkest times between Richard and I, because we had talks about what, what level we would, you know, be okay with. And I, when I found out I had, um, a genetic disorder that was keeping me from holding a pregnancy, then it, to me, I was like, well, that's, there's, that's the equation. That's part of the equation that we didn't know when we made that, deci that decision not to do IVF. And so now that changes everything because for me, my physical being, that's all that I can do to get pregnant. And that's like, even doing it is like such a small, slim chance that it will work. But I, I kind of rationalized it that way. And, you know, Richard eventually felt like he wanted me to kind of exhaust these avenues so that I never regretted not trying. And that was his angle. My angle was, this is going to work because I know, I mean, I've come into this life knowing that I'm meant to be a mom and I'm going to like do everything in my power to make that happen. So, you know, there were many rounds of uh, cycles of injections and, and the things that you put your body through when you're going through infertility is, again, in hindsight, now I can see how I was just literally trying to swim up a, a rapid stream that was going in the opposite direction. But I I didn't see it. Like I clearly, obviously was not, not 
uh, awoken to this truth at this point in my life. And so what I looked at it as is that every single hurdle or every setback felt like just another dig into my soul, right? Like it felt like, who am I? Like, who? how can I be in this broken body yet have this such deep desire to be a mom? And there's there's the the crux of it, right? That's what I believe is a dark night. It's confronting everything that you imagined your life to be and putting throwing it on its head basically and saying, "But what are you if you don't have this?" Now, I came into this life my ruling planet is Venus and my rising is Libra, which is ruled by Venus. I'm very very much into a nurturing person and my moon is in um in Capricorn. Sorry, <laughs> my midheaven is in Cancer, which is just I want to nurture, I want to share love, I want that's my being at, at its core. And I couldn't understand how if that is and I identified with that even before the awakening period. So even if if that's what my my purpose is and it's such a strong drive for me in this lifetime how can you, what what can you possibly give that to if you don't have your own children you know that from my perspective that's where it all would go so i couldn't understand it and and you know i even went through like kind of arguments with richard he has comes from a large family so he has many nieces and nephews where I have one sibling and he also has the same genetic disorder as I do. So he doesn't have children either. And so there are no children in my side of the family. And so I felt like there is no one for me to pour this into. Like I have all of it here, like just wanting to be seen and wanting to be understood and wanting to be expressed. So when this crash of the final round of IVF came and you know, the eggs were collected and fertilized and we had many and they fertilized and then they watched them over the days and it came down to none of them were viable. And they, that's because my eggs were not viable. And so with someone with my genetic disorder, they say you have to plan for many, many rounds of this. And we had agreed not only financially because to do one round of this is so expensive we agreed that we would give it one shot and if it was meant to be it would happen so when that didn't happen everything in my reality kind of like it felt like it shifted like it there was a all of a sudden what I had based my life around and my mom would say I had this idea that I wanted the white picket fence life and I would say, yeah, that's what I wanted <laughs> because it felt like that's the that would give me the constructs to create this kind of love environment or love nest that I had been longing for. And I think not only to give, but also to receive back, right? Because I had this illusion that if I could give it to children, that I would be also be able to, to receive it. And once that uh, door closed, you know, I felt like, what do I, what am I here then for, you know? And then on top of that, at the same time, my work life was getting, not only was I feeling um, not satisfied, not complete, not learning, not growing, but 
things were shifting and I just felt like it wasn't going to be much longer. Like there, it just didn't feel like I was, um, growing anymore there. So if you take the two biggest things in my life, which were my dreams of family and my career, they both at pretty much the same time started to crumble. And then I remember Richard being like, well, what are you passionate about? Take classes, do something that, that interests you, like, because he's got a zillion passions. And I remember as I sat there on the couch looking at him feeling like such a failure because how do you find a passion? My, I literally felt like I was in a hole that nothing was appealing to me, nothing. And nothing felt like I got a spark of interest from, you know, um, during that period, I was uh, a runner and I was doing a lot of half marathons and then I fell, I, I fell in a hole and broke my leg and then that stopped that. So at least I had one outlet that was at least helping me move energy, but then that stopped. And I just felt like seriously, every single avenue that I tried to grasp to was just stomped out and then it just got darker and darker and and then even though we weren't doing IVF we then um started having natural uh, miscarriages and that was even a little bit harder because of course you get your hopes up like oh this maybe this is the sign this is the sign we've been waiting for this is the time and those pregnancies lasted longer and then I had to go through the miscarriages of those and um you know, each one, of course, you, you, I had this, like, maybe it's going to be the miracle one. And each one was just a crap, like a, like going up a roller coaster to be like, before you even get to the top, just shot right back down to the ground. And every single one of them took such a toll on my soul that I didn't know who I was. I did not know who I was anymore. I felt like, why would I be in this reality or this life to be experiencing this? And it lasted for so long. Um, now, on the outside, I would say Richard knew I was really in it. <laughs> um, but I still maintained a fairly normal life. And I think um, what I did is I, I focused on external things. Like, um, I remember in this last, like the last year of it. I mean, I even did things like, um, I got Botox, I got some, uh, filler in my, underneath my eyes, which gave me a black eye that lasted almost a year. I had one doctor told me that my, my lips needed uh, on the top needed to be injected because they didn't match my bottom lip. I mean, I was just out there grasping, you know, and I can have compassion for where I was because I didn't know what else to cling to, but I can also see how sad I was, you know, and how when I look at and see the reflection of others in the same thing, especially through social media, the pain that people are in when they go to the external and try to fix things, something from the outside, 
I know why. It's because you don't have there's nothing left inside to even work on. Like it is shallow like it felt like a shallow hole that there literally was not even a heartbeat there. And I was thinking, so this this idea of this uh, episode came um, last night. I got this download to talk about this. And I was thinking then, where was I before this this awakening happened? And it so happened that the the week before my awakening, I went with my mom and some family friends to Istanbul for a wedding. And I remember on that trip, like, of course, I love traveling. And so I had never been to Turkey. It was amazing. But I, I look now in hindsight at that person and how she was like, again, I would say now from who I am today, just absorbing and being distracted from who I actually was inside at that point, right? Like, um, being a tourist or or buying things or whatever, even buying outfits for the trip or whatever, you know, all the things <laughs> that we do. <laughs> I was just a, such a different person. And then we come back from that trip and it was a week later that I saw this woman at a fair that was a tarot card reader that told me I was cursed, right? And I, I don't know I, how much in depth I've gone into that story, but in that moment, I just knew all of a sudden something is wrong here. And even though I knew prior to this I wasn't in a good place, it was always because of the infertility. It was never, I can fix this or I can find a therapist or because I had been to therapy many, you know, for many years, but this was so deep. I didn't even think there there's no word talk or uh, word therapy that was going to ever work on on what I was going through but um all it took was this one person saying that to me and it was like a a light turned on inside like such a dark place inside of me that there was hope and and it wasn't going to be in the traditional way and i had never heard of energy work or energy healing but all of a sudden there I am like googling energy work energy work because she this woman that told me I was cursed talked about she wanted me to purchase uh, her to do candle magic on uh, for me and it was like something like she needed to do 11 candles and each candle was like $200 and it, it was like more I don't even know I would say dark magic but I knew that wasn't for me and I knew I wasn't cursed. So it's not that what she said made me realize, but what I realized is she was reflecting to me, like my soul is not embodied and it is like dark in there and something needs to shift. And And I knew I in that like shift, she was showing me the reflection of magic where I remembered in that moment I know there's a way to go through this in in light, which then I I I like I didn't know. I just said, is energy work a thing? I just was Googling whatever I could think of. And I finally found something called energy healing. And then I like brought it down to where I live and Google there there are people locally that do this type of thing. And then the sign that I got that I found the right person is that. I had, um, I think my mom met my stepdad when I was, I think, three or four. So I grew up with a stepfather that is Persian. And 
I was raised in that culture. So when I found uh, an energy healer that was Persian and I had just gone to Istanbul for a wedding that was a Persian wedding, <laughs> I felt at home. I felt like this was the right connection. It felt like a resonance. And I remember that I, I like there was this long questionnaire I had to fill out about kind of where I was in my life at that point. And I, if I remember correctly, a lot of it I focused on was what this woman had told me. But I also said, like, you know, I have infertility. Um, she asked questions about if I knew my birth story and how I was uh, birthed into the world and what my mom was going through. So there was a lot of, like, in-depth history knowledge that she was wanting to know before we met. And it was something that felt like a life raft. Now, I didn't know going into that, that that's what it was. And I believe that we have contracts with people that are here to be our initiators. Like that tarot card reader that said that to me, I believe she was here to wake me up. And sometimes people don't need to be woken up with light. Like maybe I felt like I was in such a deep, dark place. I needed the the dark to wake my ass up. And it, it happened in an instant. It was like, oh, I know what's happening here. And I know that this is not my path. But also, there's a reason that I stumbled into her booth. You know, it, it was meant to be a light, airy thing with a friend of mine that was visiting. And it turned out that that one step into this thing that was not supposed to be serious totally changed my life. And I know now, again, in hindsight, that if I hadn't gone through the depths of the breaking down of the illusion of what I had had hopes on, or that it's almost like this fairy tale life, which I know we all carry to some degree, you know, it could be a career, it could be children like me, it could be the Prince Charming, it could be the house, it's like all of these things that we have that we attach to as that's my vibration, that's what I want out of this life. That illusion has to be broken down in order for you to get to the core of who you are, right? So it like if we think about all of the conditioning that's put upon us from childhood and the ones that maybe aren't even put upon us, but we uh, like slowly over time evolve to think that that's what we're here for, like mine as a family, it's not real. You're living in the future. You're living in this f false reality of what you think you are here to do, right? So now that I understand energy, I understand that anytime you're not in the present moment, you're giving your energy to something that's not real, which is taking it fr from your actual soul-based time-space reality of here. So of course, I wasn't in my body. I was giving it to all these illusions around me that we're not real. And I, I had nothing left to nurture this part of me, this, this vessel, right? And when I dig deeper into this, I know, and, and also when I see it reflected people around me, I see the lessons keep repeating for people in my life, for them to get to that, that bottom pit. And if they don't, it's like a, like a few months pass, pass and then the next same lesson, but different characters in the lesson come right back around for that person. And it's like, 
the, the person themselves doesn't see it because it's a whole different construct. But what happens in this life is that we're constantly being shown ways to come back, come back to who you are. And the only way you can do that is by breaking up these illusions that you've created as what you believe you're here to do or what you think that is your path in this life. And when I see now other people going through it, not only do I hold such compassion because it is the hardest thing to let go of everything that you believed was meant for you in this life, But I also look at it as it's a blessing because that means you're close and you're close to breaking through it. And so now I would say the deeper you fall, let it go, just drop into it because the the higher the, the liftoff will be when you get to that bottom space. And it's like the more you can let go of everything. Like now when I look back at having a family and children, I'm so thankful for everything that happened exactly the way that it did. And I'm actually even thankful we don't have a family because it it made me dig deeper into finding that joy and nurturing myself, Richard, and then ultimately you guys And I now believe that that's actually what I was always searching for, but I hadn't found the, the well to pull that through for, from me. And I was always looking at it as when I have this, then I can do this, but that's not how any of it works. We come with our own tools inside. And the only way that you can bring them forward is by going in and finding them. So they were always there. I just wasn't ready to see them, which meant that I would never have been able to share this nurturing. Even if we were able to have children, I probably would have been a terrible mother. I probably would have like held them at a distance, been cold because I can't, I have such a a hard time with physical energy. And so it's almost like it had to be flipped completely on its head for me to see that I actually set up the perfect constructs of this podcast to learn how to nurture, to learn how to nurture myself, and in turn, sharing those stories with you guys, which helped me to then nurture you guys. And that, to me, is what my existence is about, is love, right? At the core of me, it's the love vibration and the vibration of light. So when I can now see myself giving that freely, I feel the most nurtured back by it too in the reflections of you guys. Now, it feels like this idea that I had that it would have been a children and a family, it actually feels that that same dream, but in a totally different way. So I feel like I have the biggest family and the, the most nurturing through it, but I have no kids, right? Like I have you guys and I have my animals and I have nature and I have something that feels so much bigger and more expansive than I could have ever thought existed, right? In my kind of conditioned way of looking at life. And so through that, now I can see like if I would have had children, I think this is what I believe, I would have been a bitter mother. I would have been I would have, well, I don't know if I would have ever woken up firstly, (laughs) but I think I would have been so closed down, you know, I would have really 
not have seen the gift of the breakdown. So I can now look at the the darkest part of myself and and be so thankful for every step of it. Even the the miscarriages and the the stuff that Richard and I went through with therapy and all of it is like we would not be who we are today without all of it. And the outcome was exactly what we not only now I can say what we agreed to go through and what we agreed to, but it was perfect. But my human self would never have been able to say that. Never. Like, I mean, how can you be so thankful that you weren't able to have a family? That's like ludicrous to even say it. But my higher self now sees the more rounded picture of why that happened and why I agreed to go through that in this life. So when we talk about going through the dark night, it's always going to be whatever the, the deepest belief that you hold for yourself as reality, right? That is an illusion. That's what has to break down in order for you to get to the core of really why you're here. So I I now can see it's such a welcome thing. So when I talked about, I thought that there was just one dark night. <laughs> now I can see that's not really the truth because I think you go through one big one to like burst you to this uh, space of opening. And by that, I say awakening to what actually is going on in this reality. And then I think there are little ones along the way. And We kind of touched on this last week in the sense of, I said, when you find your oversoul group, you start becoming um, enlightened, I guess I would say, or activated by the people that agreed to come here and help you on this path. And sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable and sometimes it can just feel like such love and the most amazing feeling. But in all of it, it's happening because you're ready for it, right? Like I think that the not having children, that was part of my karma and part of what I needed to work on without the soul family part of it. But once I broke through that, now I can see the the this more um, subtle uh, constructs that I have around myself, which we have talked about. One is keeping people at a distance and protecting my my core as much as I can. Um, that is a huge, huge uh, condition thing that I have around myself. When I was a child, I even put a bubble around myself, which now I can see like this is a deep seated, uh, I would say past life <laughs> um, fear that I have. But I know that it wouldn't be present for me to see it if I wasn't ready to break through it, right? And so sometimes it takes people in our lives to help us really see the nuances of the, I would call them mini dark nights, but all of them are to break you open even more. So whenever you feel like you're in it, like you are so deep in it and that nothing could to, could at all shake you from this depth. Be thankful and be really present to what is actually showing up to show you the signs to dig your way out of it too. Because man, if I go back to that part of my life, I just, I got to such a depth of it that I was 
I had to surrender to flow, right? I had to surrender to this intuition of look up energy work or trusting that, okay, I feel safe with this woman because we have a connection in that I trust. And then it's like stepping, you know, one step at a time. It wasn't like it just broke open just by one meeting, but it, but she showed me something of myself, which I've talked about many times, and I couldn't believe that it was such a simple thing <laughs> of looking at myself in the mirror and telling me I love myself. I, You think, like, I could do that, but holy crap. It made me see how lost I was, how I would say my personality had just retreated so deep and how I didn't even know who I was. So even by saying that to even say I love you to myself at that point, who was I loving, right? Like I didn't know who I was and there wasn't anything really substantial for me to love. So that's where the breakdown. So whenever I tried to do that, it would just turn into this crying episode because I could see, oh God, she needs me so deeply. And that is, you know, when I go back to wearing this rose quartz every day, it's that is the core of what this has been about for me is self-love. So every step along the way, no matter how dark it gets, and I'm telling you, I don't believe that it's just one dark night. I think we go through many. But when I come back to the core of can I love myself and nurture myself through this and have compassion for myself through this pain, on the other side, and I know people say this and I've said it too, you have no idea what awaits you, but I promise you it's going to be so much better than what our conditioning values have shown us. So in the case of me, believing that a family was it, and a family is it, it's amazing, right? Like there's so many amazing things about that. But for me, in this reality, there there was something different and something that was going to light up my soul and my higher self to be an expression of, of a vessel of love in a totally different way. But I had never been raised to even know that that was possible. So what I mean by surrendering to the depths of it is that on the other side, you will be shown something that is much grander than our views. So if you if it's a partner that you're longing for or a career or knowing your life purpose, let go of the mind needing to do it, right? Because when I go back to my mind was so in it, like, let me understand, let me get those kids. And I mean, we even were going to um, foster and then adopt because I was obsessed with kids. And in the reality is, it was just me like holding on to the dream of what I thought it was going to represent. So when you, whatever it is for you that you, you're holding on to and that it's really hard to let go of, imagine that there's some other way that this energy, because that's what it really comes down to, is the energy that you're looking for, the, the feeling that that idea is going to give you. But there are a zillion ways that that feeling can come to you. And most likely, if it hasn't come into your life through the way that you dreamed it to be, that's not your way. And and if you are still banging your head against the wall because you want that way, 
how can all this other come to find you? You, You're so tunneled vision towards one thing that isn't even probably a fraction of the expansive nature of what you're actually meant to receive. So I think that this reason that this came through is I, I want you guys to understand that it's completely normal. It is part of the process. It's part of letting go of our conditioned selves and letting those conditioned selves, like not just shoving them to the back because no, you have to embrace that shit and really love that part of yourself and have compassion for where you were when you're in it so that you can then see the progression of your higher soul coming into this body and then be thankful for the journey of why you're here, right? Even when we talk about ascending, how can you ascend if you're trying to get out of your current reality? We need to be embracing exactly this time space. We have, that's why I always say like, be thankful for this. This is where, if if you were meant to be somewhere else, you know, if a spaceship was supposed to come and get you and take you somewhere, why would you be here? We agreed to be here. And embracing what does that mean? And it's so vast of what that means. Everything is changing right now to where I believe we're creating our own realities. And I, I mean, if you're stuck in the in the lower vibration of believing the condition things that you want or what you're meant to have, then I think you're missing out on what actually is. Because the more you can embrace what is, oh my God, it's it's beyond anything that my consciousness of this vessel (laughs) would ever have been able to come up with. And I know going forward, as we move forward, it's only going to grow because why? It means I get to learn more and I get to absorb more and I get to let go more of what I think this earth life is about. But it makes me feel like I'm so happy to be here because I can see the progression of my soul in this reality. And that helps to kind of give you the confidence of then really embracing the flow of life and the flow of you and the trusting of your intuition and the really leaping forward when you, when the next um, kind of cliff comes up, it then you feel like you can just throw yourself off of it because you already know you're going to be caught regardless of what it looks like. And you have no idea what that's going to look like. But you know, whatever's off that cliff is going to be way better than what you're in now because that's how it works. It's like the change is the catalyst for the growth. And all of the pain comes from the resistance to change. So embracing that this whole life is about change. And if you're in it, dig in, dig in, let it flow and know that you're on the the precipice of something so much greater in your life. And if anything, I am just a testament to show that that is possible. And if you're listening to this, I would say that my light is just reflecting that back to you so that you can see it in yourself. Also, as an update, I want you guys to know that I really would love to see more of you join the Energy Tribe. This coming week, we're going to move the meeting from Monday, February 14th to 
Wednesday, February 16th because of Valentine's Day. So we're moving it to the 16th so that we can celebrate the full moon in Leo together in ceremony. And it's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. I would love to see as many of you there as possible and just understand that this is just an invitation to meet your Oversoul group. So I hope to see you guys there. I love the energy of the group and I know that it's here for a reason. So thank you very much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. Think I won't stop till I let it, let it.